Warning, this podcast contains spoilers. Warning, this podcast contains spoilers. Let's go watch it in 2D. No, let's go watch it in 3D. But if we watch it in 3D, then is it worth the cost? Sasquatch. Pleased to meet you. I'm lonely. On the other side of the world are my kind. I shall get you there. Do I have time to get my bathing suit? The search is on. We will find your family. <laughs> the team is ready. Throw me out of the pit. <gasps> Hard to know whose fault that was. And nothing can stand in their way. Stop that! You'll have to climb the wall. Okay. Ah! Oh, no! ah! Bravo. Missing Link. Rated PG. Hello, hello, hello. This is Ada Vega, and today I have with me Mr. Jake Jarvis. Yay! And Krista. Hello! And today we're doing a spoilerific review of uh, Missing Link. So if you haven't seen it and you, don't, you care about spoilers, you can pause this and come back. Mm-hmm. We'll be here. <laughs> Warning, this podcast contains spoilers. Warning, this podcast contains spoilers. Alright, now on to the spoilers. So the movie starts off with uh, the on actually Loch Ness hunting the Loch Ness monster, which I did not see coming. Sir Lionel Frost is there with his friend and co-worker, and they're trying to get a picture of uh, the Loch Ness Monster to prove that it exists for the Adventure Club. And uh, so he can uh, gain respect, full membership, and uh, all and approval from uh, these uh, uptight Victorian um, aristocrats. Rats. And unfortunately, the picture does not work out. Uh, the Loch Ness Monster... Um, escapes and they have no evidence of it existing and the partner leaves and um now you mentioned this in the written review we didn't get a chance to talk about it in the actual spoiler free review that some of the character models in this movie are kind of weird and i thought the Loch Ness monster looked really weird yeah uh, yeah it didn't look real i was it looked like the head of like a really bad chicken that like a four-year-old made I thought it was like a puppet the guys at the Optimus Club made to kind of mess with him. And it was a prank they were pulling on him. That it really wasn't old Nessie. Yeah. It just just looked weird. I mean, not as weird as Susan's fur, but weird. I think a lot of the animals in this movie look weird, too. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like a weird thing with the animals. Like the humans look fine, but the animal is weird to me. So, um, Sir uh, Frost, uh, played by the great Hugh Jackman, which I could barely tell his voice. I can't, you know. I love that he changes his voice for this movie. That he doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, sound like Wolverine. You know. <laughs> oh, everybody does. I mean, nobody sits there and does a slides by. Everybody does a little something with their voice to kind of get into character. Uh, and Hugh Jackman's got that whole pompous British Victorian uh, explorer thing down pat. Unlike <sighs> the, oh, we'll see. I'm not sure yet. But Detective Pikachu 
and Ryan Reynolds, and he sounds identical to Deadpool, and it's really bothering me. Yeah, exactly. I and I also keep expecting him to start swearing. <laughs> at least try to have a different voice. You know, at least try. Yeah, yeah. Pikachu is not Deadpool. So yeah, it, it, but that's neither here nor there. We're talking about this movie here, and uh-huh. um, so he wants to prove his worth, and he, you know, hears about the Bigfoot, um, the Sasquatch, and uh, uh-huh. he wants to travel. He, he gets a letter telling him to come to a specific place to to find the Sasquatch. Yes, you're correct, and um, so he goes out and finds him right away, which I was a little bit, you know, kind of feel like a little bit rushed. There should have been a little bit more to it than that. Uh, but they want to keep these animated movies less than two hours, so they get to it. And the Sasquatch, which later considers his name to be Susan, which um, is because one of the people, prospectors, uh, female prospectors, is really nice to him, and he really likes her, so, uh, which we don't ever see on screen. But um, that's why he calls himself Susan, um, is fully literate and completely able to speak English. That was kind of just like hand wave. That's like, let's move on. He speaks. <laughs> they kind of explained it like a shaman trained him or something. But I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he basically can speak for the same reason Frankenstein or Frankenstein's monster can speak in the in the original Frankenstein book, which is like he he watches people. <laughs> yeah. The story the story in this exists to showcase gags and jokes and humor. And uh, Susan the Bigfoot is lonely because he's the only Bigfoot left that he knows of. And uh, mm-hmm. he wants to travel to um, see if the ancient abominable snowman from Asia would accept him because he's a, they're the same kind. Mm-hmm. He's a cousin, so they're, they're he's related to them. So he's hoping he can go live with his cousins in the mythical uh, Shangri-La. And Susan is portrayed by Zach Galifianakis, which. I think this might be his the my favorite work of his, and it, it just he nails this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's even better in this than he was in a Wrinkle in Time, which was a kind of a wasted, which I thought uh, it was a wasted performance there. Now uh, Susan is quite a literal person or beast, mm-hmm. and um, so. That's part of the comedy that he doesn't get a lot of jokes because everything is so literal to him. Uh, yeah, this is think Drax, but on steroids, literally. I mean, uh, he's he's like Drax to the nth degree. Now, what do you think of the character model of actually Susan, Mister Link, Bigfoot guy? Uh, it was kind of weird. I mean, his nose looked like to me a plug. And the orange color, and the uh, fur looked like looked like autumn leaves. It didn't read like hair to me. It read like leaves. Yeah, it it, it kind of looked like it was an orangutan, not a bigfoot Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Kind of more. Yeah. You know what I think is that the the monkey from Kubo was inspiration for this movie to to make as an excuse to make a bunch of yeah. bunch of well, fake footage yeti. I know they experimented by using 3D printing to make a lot of these characters. So I think that would be kind of the why it looks some of them kind of look kind of weird because they were having to change designs because to get them out of the so the printer could actually print them out. But the costuming on these uh, um, stop motion puppets is outstanding. Yeah, I 100% agree there. It's beautiful how much detail is in here. It's such a beautiful movie to look at. Uh-huh. Uh, this is Oscar-quality costuming. And the animation is excellent. So you, you put it exquisite in your review, and I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. Krista, do you agree with yeah. us? Yeah, yeah, it's it like it's like hard to tell that it's even stop motion. It's like that good. Yeah, I was wondering if they mixed in CG in there somehow, but I don't think so. Uh, some of the background maybe because everything had nice weight to it. Because a lot of CG kind of looks like it floats. Well, when I saw, I saw there was like a scene in the the credits where the where they showed like the making of, and where like they had like the near stuff was all puppets but there was a green screen and like the mountains in the distance was computer <coughs> so um go back to the movie itself and the plot um they have to find um the documents to get to shangri-la and another character has it which the character of um Adelina Fortnite, which is played by Zoe Sandana, which I really like her too. Mm-hmm. She does. You won't recognize her voice. She gets into character. She nails it. Uh, she's a former girlfriend, and she married uh, the best friend of our explorer because basically he's a self. He's a selfish, pompous jerk. Uh, so she went and married somebody else, and now she's a widow. And she has a map to Shangri-La. She kind of looked like Selma Hayek. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of weird. Like, I can't think of not think yeah. of it. If I didn't know, I would have thought it was Selma Hayek. And um, so then the adventurer, um, they go, you kind of get a scene back with the Adventure Club and they find out they actually did find the Bigfoot and so they hire an assassin to try to kill them to stop him so that way he doesn't get part of the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Swank? Yeah, and he's voiced beautifully by Timothy Oliphant, who's completely unrecognizable. Uh, he knocks it really out of the park. It was a one-dimensional character, but it was fun. Uh, oh, the thing is, he was hilariously funny. Yeah, he, not much depth to him, but uh, he's you're just going to chuckle all through his scenes, and you're going to laugh out loud several times. Uh, he was hysterical. Uh, it was, he really, you know, just just had a blast with it, and I had a blast watching it. 
All right, so Krista, take it from here. What next happens next? Um, so, so, uh, after, uh, uh, they, 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 they end up stealing the map from, from her actually. And, and once they, they steal the map, uh, and they're going to the train to like, like leave, uh, this, they, they get into a, First, a confrontation with her, where she points a gun at them and is like, "You stole my map." And then the the swank comes along and starts shooting at at at, at them. And and uh, there's this funny line of, "Someone's shooting at you, and it's not me." And then then uh, they trick him into going onto the train. And then uh, she she decides she wants to go with them to Shangri La. And then they they end up finding a different pathway. To, to fool fool the uh, uh, guy who's after them, and yeah, you know, the rest good part of the movie is just them kind of traveling. You do eventually get a scene on a boat that um, where you know you get to get you know have more character interaction with uh, Sir Frost and uh, Susan, which that's when Susan gives his name and you know understands that he's really lonely and he's having an adventure now, but. You know, he hasn't been able to enjoy his life. And, um, you know, it, it's a really touching moment. And then if you see the fur kind of flow in the wind, and it looks really weird, but kind of nice. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And then you have a nice action scene where, like, the boat goes upside down or sideways because of a wave. And, like, they're jumping around in there. I thought it looked really cool. A lot of fun. Yeah, it really popped out because it just it reminded me of the Poseidon adventure. And I liked like those little effects too, where like they're talking and like the the boat was moving, and so was like the table they're on and stuff. So, Jake, what happens next? Okay, I'm trying to remember where they they the boat uh you know crashes. Isn't this where the boat sinks? Yeah. And they start climbing. And they they get to, um, I don't remember the town name, if they had a name, but it was like in Asia, and they're trying to find someone to take them to the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they find a relative of... Uh, Gamu. Uh, uh, yeah, Gamu, to, who has actually seen yetis and dealt with them so they go and they're told whatever you do don't mention the chicken <laughs> and course, when they go see her she's got a chicken on her head and anytime someone mentions the chicken she's like what chicken chicken yeah um i seen that joke before but i did like it there too yeah mm-hmm. So um, she's too old to help them out. So she gets her daughter or granddaughter to help them. Yeah, granddaughter. And she's like, gee, thanks, Grandma, <laughs> volunteering me for this. And that character is, as quickly as she appears on screen, she disappears. <laughs> yeah. She, like, takes them to, like, the outskirts, and then she's like, goodbye, I'm leaving. I don't want to deal with Yetis. <laughs> And uh, and this and this scene has a couple of uh, uh, gross out humor jokes that seemed more 
in line with an Adam Sandler movie than they did in this. They really kind of stuck out and not in a good way. Uh, the Dung Cookies and the, and the Kiss of Life shtick just kind of seemed like a throwback to kind of 50s misogynistic humor. Like, well, I'm not kissing her, and are you going to kiss her? You know? Yeah, I, I thought it was funny but stupid kind of thing. And... Yeah, uh-huh. It just dated, just kind of seemed weird. So they find the Yetis, and the Yetis, in an interesting plot twist, don't want Susan to be part of their club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they refer to her, they refer to Susan as a redneck. And and they specifically say you've already found your kind in humans. Yeah. Uh, that shook me. I was like not expecting that to happen. I thought, "Oh, yay, it's going to end here and then, you know, everyone's happy." And no, they didn't do it that way. And I, that's part of the reason why I liked it so much because there was more to that. I had a suspicion that something like that was going to happen because the description of 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 the movie I saw said something to the effect of finding finding family in unexpected places. So I was like, so ultimately he's he's going to become family with with the adventurer, not with the yetis. So um, and then they try to escape, and then th- this is when the whole movie comes together, where you know the the adventurer just tries to kill them, and the other guy comes in and is like, "No, you're never gonna be part of my club," and um, they almost fall off a bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just it's like straight up Indiana Jones type stuff, and uh, and Stephen Fry goes into this. Uh, what little. Uh, character development he has but it's uh to serve its jokes but you know he it's his vague motivation of uh of of uh bigotry is basically why he doesn't want Hugh Jackman in his club and and basically Hugh Jackman gives him a pompous variation of the old Groucho Marx adage I wouldn't want to join a club that would have me so he doesn't. He decides he doesn't want to be in their little club, you know. Yeah, that whole scene with the, them on the icicle, I thought was really well shot and like really kind of tense because like I actually did not know where that was going to go to because I was not expecting some deaths there at the end and I wasn't expecting things. I was like, I don't think anyone's going to die here, but you never know. No. Yeah, I thought exactly. the only guy I thought only the Stephen Fry character was gonna die, but actually a bunch of people died. Uh, yeah, exactly. So they're like, okay, now what are we gonna do? And then like, all right, we'll go back to England and we'll have our adventures finding the monsters. And that's how the movie basically ends, right? Oh almost. You missed another big uh note. Uh and um are basically our action hero who has been learning to be a better person and probably more to hook up with his uh, ex than anything else. That was probably his biggest motivation to be a better person. Uh, and she says, "You're a good, she, you're, a, you're a good man now, but I deserve better." And Sayonara, I'm off to my own adventures, and just leaves him there with Susan. 
I did like that, actually. Yeah, you're right. Uh -huh. I forgot about that. I actually love that a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I mean, only t I mean that's something that doesn't happen much in movies. It should happen a lot more. I mean, Hammer did it in the 1962 um, version of Phantom of the Opera, which was awesome. And it happens in, in the original La Femme Nikita. It's something that should happen more often that the wolf just says, you know, I'm my own person. Yeah, and it definitely should have. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, it, it's people are like, oh, they did it because women are, are really hot right now, or they they really don't want to, you know, the, you know, all the crap that's going on. You know, all people are gonna use that as an excuse, but how they did it for the story made a lot of sense. It wasn't just her mm -hmm. choice. It it was yes. her mm -hmm. character developed. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I mean, because the reason she left him in the first place hadn't changed really. And she never wanted him. It was never going to be that way. It just, you know, the kiss scene that was going to happen didn't happen, and it didn't happen again. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. I know. Like, like it, it felt like whenever, like, earlier in the movie, when it was, like, there was, like, the interrupted kiss, I, I definitely kind of, like, groaned inside because, like, I, I felt like the movie was going to force them together, and I was just, like, because, like, that's what literally every single movie does. And I'm, like... To the point where, like, there was actually no reason for her in that moment to want to kiss him, but they were, like, just doing it for, for the sake of doing it. So I'm really glad that they actually turned it around and, 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 and had that reversal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a great payoff. Like I said, this, the story here and the plot pretty much was used to pay off jokes, and, it, and sometimes it worked brilliantly, like in that scene. Yeah, that... 100% worked for the character. It wasn't just a, a line to please, to quote unquote, please feminist. It was a smart, well designed idea that was perfectly executed and paid off. And it, it's perfect, perfect how they did that. You know, so I love how they did that too. And, you know, the whole part with, the, you know, Susan being part of the adventurer, it's just kind of silly, but it's fun. You know, I'm not against that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they actually have the potential for sequels here. Yeah. Yeah. Because the way they, they, they've set it up, they can just have have uh them have more adventures basically. So they're talking about going to Atlantis next, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you two kinda of noticed this, but in some ways this could be like a prequel to Up. What? Because the main character in Up was really interested in an adventurer that was looking for um, monsters. And um, maybe I'm doing a stretch here, but, you know, the whole story of Up was, you know, oh, they want to go, they want to, um, I can't remember the name on top of my head. But, you know, the whole thing about adventurers and, you know, going out and finding, you know, animals and stuff. And, you know, the whole thing with the um, giant bird. So in some ways, it kind of has that parallel. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I would agree with you, except uh, the Mrs. Uh, Fortnite would have stayed with him if that was so. Because part of it was their adventures together. You know what I'm talking about, Krista? No, you're talking, he's talking about the villain in Up. Yeah. Okay, 
Uh, it's it's been a while since I've seen Up. Yeah, like, I'm. Uh, theatrically. I kind of know what you're talking about. I'm I'm not like it's been a while too. So I'm like, I think I get what get what you're getting at. But then like that kind of like is almost like a very pessimistic view because it takes all this character development that we we've seen him have and says, but he's going to devolve and become this like evil guy. <laughs> well, like, it, you know, they, uh, okay. Uh, uh, maybe Stephen or maybe Stephen Fry survived the fall and that's him. <laughs> or maybe just, you know, this is those two people are, you know, many adventurers and, you know, Carl, um, and up, um, is really interested in this adventurer, you know, the, uh, other adventurer, Charles Muntz, where, you know, another one of the adventurers could have been, you know, this could be a whole group of adventurers, like the club, you know? Oh, yeah. I get, I kind of get what you're saying now, yeah. Yeah. So, like, the mm-hmm. club could be, Charles Muntz could be part of that club or something, you know, it's kind of a, a kind of a stretch, but... Now, this also could be a, a prequel to uh, Smallfoot, which I have not seen. Jake, is this yeah? Look, I kept seeing uh, parallels to it. Uh, other than the character designs, of course, just think of it as like a comic book by two different artists is going to not look the same. But yeah, I could see this as uh, I could see this as a prequel. Uh, as kind of as much as um, Snowpiercer, as a as a sequel to uh, Willy Wonka, kind of way. Have you seen uh, Smallfoot, Krista? No, I haven't. But you know what we're talking about, though. Smallfoot, the Bigfoot movie that came out last fall. Yeah. No, I'm the... not actually. I'm not actually familiar with it. Oh, oh yeah, uh, uh, Illumination did an animated movie with uh, Warner Brothers, and it's really good. Oh. It's a lot better than the Minion movies. Well, I'm a... <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on Despicable uh, Me 3. Don't even start me on that. Oh, God. So, Smallfoot has Chang Tatum and uh, Zandana, and it's about a Yeti um, who rebels against his kind. So, you know, if it's still... And he discovers, and he discovers proof that humans exist. Oh wow, that's awesome! Uh huh. And I really think it could be so because the this movie, the bridge was destroyed. So I could see the Yetis being cut off from uh, people and forgetting that they existed. And uh, didn't you say that the, that movie Smallfoot had like a undercurrent of like rebellion and not? following the leader and, you know, religion. Yeah, questioning authority and, yeah, questioning authority, thinking for yourself. Oh, yeah, that definitely, that definitely fits in. So, okay, Jake, since you watched both of them, which one is the better Bigfoot movie? Oh, that's a tough one. Because I think I gave him the same score. <laughs> you did. Because <laughs> they're both really good. I think I would have to go slightly with Missing Link. We have a, a nice little run of uh, really good Bigfoot movies, so, you know. Yeah, this oh, would make shit, an shit. incredible 
double feature at home, you know. There, when there's, it comes another out one, video. there's another one coming out this year. I think it's called Abominable. It's like, I think it's set in Hong Kong. Okay, what's, so what is it with the, uh, why are, um, this just seems like something odd to be everybody making movies about at once. You're right. It's an animated movie by DreamWorks. Um, yeah, three Bigfoot movies in a row. That's pretty weird. <laughs> we don't have a trailer for it yet. No, I saw the trailer for Abominable. Oh, okay. It comes out September 27th. Yeah, it just looked like uh, a lesser DreamWorks kind of slapsticky, but you know, but they're um. So who, who knows? It's it could either be really good or really bad. It just seems to be the way DreamWorks movies and their animation go. The reason. Yeah, that's a valid point. <laughs> no, because I mean they either do things really great like uh, out of tra- your dragons, or they get into. Uh, Ice Age. <laughs> there doesn't seem to be any in between much. Ice Age could be a prequel to this. <laughs> I mean, I actually, saw, I, I actually saw the Abominable trailer in 3D in the theaters, and it looked great in 3D. Okay. Oh, DreamWorks has some great 3D, because, I mean, um, um, Madagascar 3... Wow, that has got some of the best 3D uh, I have ever seen in a in a 3D animated feature. So, Jake, do you want to be the, the Bigfoot movie reviewer and review this one too? Yeah, I guess I'm going to be the official Bigfoot film reviewer. <laughs> I live in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, have you seen a Bigfoot in real life? <laughs> Hey, I see people walking around so hairy and shaggy. I have to look twice to make sure. And then I'm not sure. So I probably have seen a Sasquatch or two. I mean, that's actually a joke in in, in Missing Link in the movie where he's like, they go into a bar and they're like, everyone's so hairy, you're going to fit in fine. <laughs> exactly. I mean. Oh, and then apparently there was a Son of a Bigfoot movie that came out last year. There's a big, it's like a big trend, I guess. Bigfoot 2012 exists 2014. Uh, apparently there's one, The Man Who Killed Hitler and Bigfoot. Oh, yeah, with uh, Sam Elliott. It hasn't come out yet. I've been waiting on that. So, apparently Bigfoot's a hot trend right now with movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such a random thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe it's because it's intellectual property you can't license. Yeah. How was uh, Harry and the Hendersons? I heard that's actually pretty good, actually. Yeah. Um, they keep talking about remaking it. I don't know if they ever did or are going to remake it again. Would that one hold up if you watched it now, or is it too corny 80s? movie uh probably too corny because it was corny then (laughs) 
Okay, um, just in case anyone did not listen to our spoiler-free version, we're going to give our scores. Um, Jake, what is your score for this movie? 8 out of 10. All right, Krista? 7 out of 10. And for me, I'm going to be the crazy one and give it a 10 out of 10. All right, I guess that's going to be basically it for us. Do you have anything else to mention, Jake? No, I think we just about covered it. Krista, got anything else? Nope, that's it. All right, thanks again for listening. Bye. 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 All right, before this podcast ends, I want to give a thank you to my patrons. Right now, we have a one patron, which is David from Spain, and I want to thank you for your financial support. All right, so that's going to be it for this podcast. We now have a Patreon, and the link is in the description. Uh, thanks for watching. And we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. They don't put it everywhere. Just look for us, 3D or 2D. And of course, review us on iTunes. And if you want to write us a letter, um, our email address is email3dor2d at gmail.com. So that's going to be it. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Hey, bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.